0: California's Great America has done the impossible. They've taken the best of the California coastline and poured it into one park. Dive right in at South Bay Shores, your Bay
1: Area destination for water park fun all summer long. With the Pacific Surge
0: Slides to get hearts racing, Tide Pool Lagoon for the little ones, restaurants and comfy cabanas. So jump in and enjoy. Save up to 30% on tickets at cagreatamerica.com. California's Great America, for the fun of it.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Morgan's Pop Talks, a podcast brought to you by The Dip. How we feeling on this Thursday? I'm feeling pretty good. Today, I'm actually headed off to Phoenix, Arizona. This will be the most out west I've ever been in my life. Can you believe I've never been to Los Angeles, California? Oh, it's absolutely absurd. Don't worry. I will be going there very soon because I'm planning my bachelorette party. I'm not. I'm not planning anything because I have to get a visa. You know, if you're new here, I'm marrying someone who is half British, half South African, and we got a lot of stuff that we got to do to get him here in the United States. So am I planning a wedding? No. Am I planning a bachelorette party? No. I'm filling out a lot of paperwork right now to get a fiancé visa, but in my mind, my bachelorette party, I'm going to LA, baby. I'm going to TomTom, and I'm going to have a freaking ball. What was I talking about? Oh, Phoenix. Yes. I'm going to Phoenix for a bachelorette party. It's going to be very fun. We're supposed to wake up on Saturday and go hiking in Phoenix in 91 degrees after going out on a Friday night. So, um, thoughts and prayers for me, please, while I'm in Phoenix, but Hey, it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to seeing the sun, you know, because the sun doesn't shine in Ohio ever. It is sleeting. Currently, at the moment, it's great. It's fantastic. So, I can't wait for that. But preparing this week's episode, it was a little bit of a slower news week, you guys. There was really nothing that I wanted to dig in as far as a submitted deep dive. So, what we're going to do this week, we have Maya Allen, who's a guest. She is, of course, from the hit show Summer House. It's her first season. So, we're going to do a deep dive today with Maya. She gave a fantastic interview. I'm so excited for you guys to get to know her more, you know, beyond what we just see on TV. But first, let's get into our pop three. Coming in at number one, Ashley Darby is single. Are we all doing a little dance for Ashley Darby? Let us all freaking rejoice together. Real Housewives of Potomac star Ashley Darby has announced her legal separation from her husband of eight years. Michael Darby. Now, normally I would not be this excited about a separation. Obviously, I want people to be happy and in love, but Michael sucks. And we all know it. She posted on her Instagram. It's been almost eight magical years. Please check out (laughs) bravotv.com. And then she did hashtag RHOP, hashtag Ashley Darby. So... We went over to bravotv.com and we checked out more, just as Ashley told us to. I don't know why that cracks me up. She's like, head on over to bravotv.com. Are you ready for a statement? We got to read at least one every single episode. And this one's long. I already decided I'm not going to read the whole thing, but we'll start with the beginning. She says, almost eight years ago when Michael and I said, I do, we anticipated sharing every single day together from that moment forward. Unfortunately, that is not our current reality. We have decided to separate. We are aware that there will be many speculative views as to why we've made the decision. People will be quick to assume that the causes were too much intrusion by reality TV into the most personal parts of our lives, age gap issues, cultural problems, or child rearing differences. Pieces of all these may have affected our pure love for each other, but no one reason is the root cause of our mutual decision to go our separate ways. She continues by saying, We're now both at very different stages in our lives and we have different goals for our futures. We both want the other to achieve true happiness and fulfillment and feel that we cannot do this together. Look, Ashley, sis, if you're listening to this podcast right now, you don't have to explain anything when it comes to you. Wanting to divorce Michael Darby. We know why you're leaving him, sister. We have been screaming it at our television for years. I mean, just off the top of my head, he grabbed Andrew's butt. He was accused of grabbing a cameraman's butt. He was in that hotel room with another woman. I mean, this guy has put us and Ashley through the freaking ringer for eight years. And while we were all impatient, and we're like, Ashley, you deserve more than this. Leave Michael. He's creepy. We were playing checkers and Ashley was playing chess. You know why? In 2017, Ashley Darby signed a prenup extension that stipulates she'll get half if she stays five years. They obviously share two sons together, Dean and Dylan. So that was 2017. You know how long ago that was? Five years. Five years. So she wrote that prenup extension knowing exactly what she was doing. Half of what? Well, Michael Darby's net worth, $20 million. If I'm Ashley, I'm thinking, you make a fool out of me on national television, not once, not twice, not three times. But But every time there's a camera on you, Michael Darby, you make a fool out of me on national television. I'm taking half of what you have, and I don't care whatsoever. So congratulations to Ashley. Oh, and they're filming. Oh, and they're filming right now. What a joyful moment. Truly cannot wait. Let's move on to headline number two. It's about Schwartz and Raquel. There was a blind item submitted to Bravo and Cocktails. It's gone now, which tells you that it wasn't true, but let's recap it. Essentially, it said that Schwartz and Raquel were spotted at Coachella making out dun, dun, dun. Yes. The very recent exes of James Kennedy and Katie Maloney hooking up in public. I did not believe this for one second because while yes, it would be extremely juicy and actually give us something to look forward to in a new season 10 of Vanderpump Rules. Raquel is not that girl. You guys, she's just not, she went on Katie's podcast and the two of them talked about their respective breakups 20 days ago. You really think that Raquel is going to go on Katie's podcast, talk about breaking up with James, have Katie talk about breaking up with Schwartz, and then a mere 20 days later have Raquel be so ready and public about making out with Schwartz? Never. Raquel would never. I think it was also confirmed that Schwartz was not even at Coachella. So this is why I just don't love the blinds game, you know, if you will. Sure, they're fun. And when they come true, it's like, oh my God. But anyone with access to the internet can post things. And it's just like a strange phenomenon to me. Even Ariana got on Twitter and was like, man, these pump rolls blinds are just getting weirder and weirder every day. Schwartz also still wearing his wedding ring every day right now. He's probably wearing it. He said, and I can't remember where I saw this interview from, but he said that it's not because he's like clinging to hope or desperate that things will work out between the two of them. He said he feels naked without it. But I was on TikTok the other day and you know, your phone listens to you. So I get on TikTok, I immediately see Schwartz and he does this TikTok about what percentage marriage material are you And it said like 98% and he was like, yes. And I was like, oh my God, shorts. I kind of love it though. And let's, let's just put it out there. Single Katie, she is looking better than ever. I love her sense of style. I'm an emo kid at heart. So I just, I'm loving when Katie Maloney is putting out these days. All right, let's move on to headline number three. Black China is taking the Kardashians to court. It's still very early, but it's the wild, wild west out there. So Black China taking the Kardashians to court to the tune of a hundred million dollars. <laughs> oh my lord. Specifically, Kim, Rob, and Chris is who she is targeting. She's taking them to court for allegedly torpedoing Rob and China. That was their spinoff show. She says because of a personal vendetta against her, she's seeking more than forty million for loss of earning damages and more than sixty million in loss of future earning capacity damages. Essentially, she's blaming the Kardashians for Rob and China not being successful. She's saying they made sure that it didn't succeed. I mean, let's not forget that China cheated on Rob. They had a volatile relationship. It was very toxic. But sure, it was the Kardashians' fault that your spinoff about your relationship didn't work. So they had jury selection earlier this week. A bit of a rough moment for Kim, if you will. The judge asked the jurors if any of them were familiar with the Kardashians or if they had seen the show, you know, because you need an unbiased jury. So according to page six, one potential juror, it was a man who was maybe in his 50s or his 60s claimed you know publicly that he never watched keeping up with the Kardashians, but noted, I have watched the Kardashian sex tape, and I don't think I can be impartial on this case. A roar of laughter ensued from the rest of the jurors. They said Chloe looked very annoyed. Chris was shaking her head. Kim just kind of sat there, and at first I was like, really, dude, like is that necessary? like kind of rude, But then I'm also like, well, if he did watch it and that's how he feels. It's the court of law by God, and he's got to tell the truth. So, another big headline from the start of this case is that China's mom, Tokyo Tony, has been banned from the courtroom after going bananas on an Instagram live after the jury selection. She was cussing and carrying on. She was rolling a blunt. She said they all look dead. She compared them to Jigsaw from Saw. I'm not joking. She said they look like the guy that rides the tricycle on saw. You're joking. You cannot make this stuff up. So obviously the Kardashians lawyer on it accused her of posing threats. The judge gave her the boot, and now she can't come back into the courtroom. You know what aggravates me the most about this whole saga? Rob, not even there. Didn't even bother to show up. And it's like, bro, we're in this mess, Rob. Because of you, I know you haven't left your house in seven years, or whatever it is, but if you just would have stayed away from this girl, like we all told you, I'm speaking as if I'm one of the Kardashians, we would not be in this mess to begin with, and I do feel some sympathy towards Ra because you know China made him feel you know comfortable enough to step outside of his house and and do whatever and and yes, he's I don't I don't know if he's a victim. Is he a victim in that sense? I don't know. He's in a toxic relationship, so I do feel bad for him in that aspect. But show up. Don't let your sisters, who have been dragged into this because of your relationship nonsense, have to deal with all of this when at the end of the day, buddy, this one's on you. All right, you guys, we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back with Maya Allen from Bravo's hit show, Summer House, and we're going to a deep dive all about the lovely Maya. Hang on.
0: Everyone is howling about Paws of Fury. It's the most fun comedy of the summer. I am your father. What? No, not. <laughs> Michael Cera. It's showtime. And Samuel L. Jackson. What the mother father, kind of spaniel's going on here? Pause of Fury. Only in theaters this Friday. Rated PG.
1: I am super excited to welcome my next guest. You guys know I'm obsessed with all things Summer House. So joining Morgan's Pop Talks this week for a deep dive is Maya Allen. Hi, Maya.
0: Hey, Morgan. I'm so excited to chat with you. We have a lot to catch up on after yesterday's episode, huh?
1: I know, right? We do. Thank you again for joining. You look stunning. I mean, you you. really outdid yourself with this one. I know you needed to get (laughs) dressed up to do this uh, Zoom interview with me, but... You look amazing. Only the best for you. (laughs) Well, let's just jump right into it. I did open up uh, some questions from my followers on my Instagram, so we'll sprinkle that throughout. But you know, it's so good to have you on the show. But my initial thought to this is you don't really get to warm up to reality TV. It's like you jump off the deep end. So how has this transition been for you?
0: I think it's still a transition. I think every day brings a new challenge but also like something very cool and exciting so it's just kind of like you got to take it as it comes and hope for the best but no there's like there's no manual there's no like I don't know onboarding for reality television and I think as like a very like corporate minded person that's what I struggled with the most because I was like wait like they don't they just don't tell you about all the little like intricacies that you have to deal with while filming and then of course the public is crazy so dealing with those comments is another Another element to it all What would
1: you say Is the biggest surprise That you have taken away Out of being on reality TV Maybe something you weren't Mentally prepared for
0: I honestly Didn't realize How large the audience was For Summer House I have watched Bravo For a while And it's It was one of the shows That I just never Got the chance to start So I guess Because I didn't watch it I thought that it Had a smaller audience And I was very Very wrong
1: (laughs) (laughs) Is there somebody on the show now who kind of told you what to expect, maybe held your hand through it a little bit?
0: Sierra for sure has been the person that has been holding my hand and kind of checking in, making sure like, A, I'm alive. I'm not reading the internet. Like, are you okay? Paige has also been really great in, in reaching out. Andre is also amazing. Luke, at the beginning of the craziness made sure like pretty much daily that I was good. Oh, that's awesome. That's got to feel good that you have, you know, your castmates supporting you. Yeah, for sure. I think that (laughs) it would be much easier to have met them before, met you know, Luke before, and he could tell me exactly what I was getting myself into. But now that I'm in it, it's good to have people that at least know what it's like.
1: Yeah. And not to mention, you know, you come on the show fresh off of a huge split, you know, you ended an engagement. What led you to that decision to call off your engagement?
0: Practicality, I guess, more than anything, it was the rational decision in the moment. I think if I relied on my emotions, then I wouldn't have made that decision because there wasn't any love loss. It just wasn't, it wasn't working the way that I expected it to work anymore. And so we had to, had to just end.
1: And then after you ended that engagement, did you think you know, I need to do something for myself, hence reality TV. Or how How did you get from point A to point B?
0: <laughs> no, the whole reality television thing was not included in any plan. I never in a thousand years would think that this is something that I would be a part of or be doing. But when the opportunity came to me, I was like, I don't want to be on my deathbed in 50 years. And you're like, man, maybe I should have tried that. So I was like, let's just go like balls to the wall. If it sucks, it sucks. If it, and like, I'll deal with the repercussions later, but like, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity.
1: Do you think it sucks?
0: (laughs) Um, I think it can suck at times, but I think mainly it's positive.
1: Yeah. I mean, anytime that you have to deal with a large amount of people, opinionated people who can hide behind their keyboards and type nasty comments. I mean, it's going to get overwhelming.
0: How do you ignore that? Do you ignore that? Does it get to you? So what I'm doing now is I'm not deleting like the nastiness. I think that we as a society kind of like put this, I don't know, like this crown on reality television as if it's like this great, beautiful, like amazing experience. And there's nothing bad that comes from it because you got so much visibility and like you're getting brand deals, whatever it is. But the amount of people that take the time to reach out to you in a day to tell you something that they don't like about you is uh, you can't even, you can't even calculate it. And so for me on my Instagram, I stopped deleting all the negative comments because I think that there has to be a, like a realistic approach to what it's like to be on reality television. I think that there needs to be a light shown on, on the trolls and know that that is part of it. It's not all like roses and butterflies.
1: And I mean, I've always just thought it says, so much more about the people that take time out of their day to leave comments like that, than it ever would on somebody on reality TV. And I mean, we only see, you know, 20% of who you actually are. So I'm sure it's much easier said than done to not take it to heart. But I feel like have you at least been able to do that kind of put it out of your mind?
0: Um, I mean, it's it definitely is something that exists in my world every day. I'm doing be- I'm doing better in that I'm not looking online as much. At first like you can ask anyone like I was like deep in Reddit. <laughs> like I had to stop. I was like okay, let's not. Let's take a break from that. So I think now that I'm kind of distancing myself, I don't have notifications on Instagram on my phone anymore. That's made it a lot easier just to like deal with my day-to-day, but it's still tough.
1: Yeah, I'm sure. Well, I want to get into some of the specifics of what we have seen thus far on season six. I mean, earlier in the season, I think the most powerful moment of the season is when you and Ciara, or Ciara, excuse me, addressed the house about feeling like you didn't fit in. Were you nervous to do that on camera? I can only imagine the thoughts that were going through your head in that moment because it's hard enough to do, period.
0: Yeah, it was like 10 a.m. in the morning. I was extremely sober and very scared. <laughs> so no, I it wasn't something I necessarily wanted to do. I think for transparency it made sense because it was very clear, like I I don't have a poker face. It was very clear that something was not right with me, but to approach that conversation you I, You always wonder, like, are they going to understand where I'm coming from? Is it going to seem like I'm attacking them? Is it going to seem too preachy? Is it going to be like I'm pulling the race card or, or, you know, making everything about myself? And that's that, that was the anxiety and like the questions I had in my mind before the conversation. I don't think that. Even to this day I would have had that conversation had I not had Sierra there as a support system.
1: And how much did you guys talk about that before you actually sat down with the house together you and Sierra? Was there more conversations that we didn't see?
0: No, what you saw is pretty much how it happened. I would say that when you see Sierra and, and me talking on the beach, she's the one to bring it to race cuz I was I I was able to identify the fact that I was uncomfortable, but I didn't I'm not the one to automatically put it to race. So for her to be like, what's the demographic you grew up in? Like, let's kind of break this down. I needed that sounding board. And so, I mean, honestly, so valuable to have her this season.
1: Yeah. And then one of our follower questions asked, do you think that the outcome positively or negatively affected the summer that conversation
0: i think it was nothing but positive i think especially like giving alex the platform to speak about his own experiences thus far in the summer was really big he's not he he's not going to command the floor unless you kind of give it to him so i think that was also a really good moment for him to kind of get even more like acclimated with the group as as I did.
1: I said this on the podcast before when that episode aired that I was just very impressed start to finish with how everybody handled the situation with how you and Sierra approached it which with how the rest of the house received and welcomed it especially because as a viewer who watches all these different Bravo shows there have been similar situations where it has gone the complete other direction. And for, you know, for Summer House to be technically the young show on Bravo and for you guys to be some of the most mature people to handle a topic and a conversation like that, I just felt like, to me, that solidifies why I love Summer House.
0: Yeah, I mean, it solidifies why that group of housemates is important to me still that it, it could have gone very differently and it didn't. And I'm very thankful for that. I never thought that Summer House would be the show to have this conversation and that I would be kind of in the middle of it all. But I think, you know, it's only all awareness is good. I think that to open the conversation to know that it doesn't have to be necessarily a conflict is very, very good to see. And that there, there can be more conversations doesn't have to be so uncomfortable about race. Don't get me wrong. I was, I was uncomfortable, but hopefully the next person is a little less uncomfortable.
1: Well, I just want to say as a viewer, it was a really awesome moment to get to watch, to get to experience. And I know I wasn't there, but I was moved by it. So just thank you for being open and honest about it. And like you said, not everything has to be a confrontation. And I think that that scene really proved that. I want to move on to another, you know, bigger moment with you. And that's when Andrea accidentally called you Lexi. In the moment, you're like, Andrea, really? But now that you know who Lexi is, you know, the feelings that he was going through. Do you see that incident differently than you did on the beach that day?
0: I never thought it was malicious. And you see that in the show as it all plays out, as the conversation happens. And I wanted to make it very clear that I don't think he was doing anything to intentionally hurt me. And no, I had no idea who Lexi was at the time. Does it make a little bit more sense now? Yes. I. It doesn't take away necessarily from the feelings that I had built up for the month of being in the bed with the girls and not getting a hot beverage in the morning or whatever the case may be, or just like feeling a little bit invisible or less important. But knowing that he was going through such heartbreak like yeah of course i just want to like give him a hug and make sure he's good too
1: how is your guy's relationship now
0: oh it's great I, he's in italy now for the next three weeks with lexi but i'm excited for him to come back because we plan to hang out i become very good friends with one of his friends that i met this summer and the three of us plan to spend some time together when he comes back
1: Okay, well, I have to ask because you did say the three of you, and we do know that you're starting to put yourself out there again on the show, which is hard enough, but we got to know what's going on with Oliver.
0: He's around. He's still around. He doesn't have a title. Um, okay. He He's he's here. He's here. He's around. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's hanging around.
1: <laughs> Would you say that your guys' relationship is at least growing?
0: Oh, yeah. I think that it's literally at a snail's pace. And I think that's partly because of me, but also because Oliver, which they didn't include, but in our first conversation at Lindsay's party, he, he was engaged before. So I think that in having that conversation initially, it like, I don't know, it got rid of some of the stigma around the fact that you have like a failed engagement, for lack of a better term. I don't look at my engagement as it failed. So I think that that made an instant like a comfort zone for us. And so we are taking our time, but we are still seeing each other.
1: Well, as the girl said, we love a slow progression.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we do love a slow progression. (laughs) I'm good for those.
1: (laughs) Do you think that, you know, you being fresh off of you know, the dissolution of your engagement, did that play into your discomfort being around Oliver, especially on camera? I just feel like you were going through so much anyways. And then to add all of this on camera, I'm like, how did she do it?
0: I, yeah, I actually think I have the hardest time once I met Oliver and then we were filming with him or having him around. I would like I texted him the first time we filmed, like even for our date. And I was like, listen, don't touch me. Like, don't, don't try to like do anything weird. Like my family watches this show. I'm not trying to send like that type of message, whatever that message is, like, please be as respectful as possible. And he was like, okay, fine. And I think that, you know, we went on one date and I come back to the house and everybody's asking questions everyone wants to know exactly what happened like am I going to see him again do I have a future with him and I'm like whoa whoa! I just hung out with him for two hours like I don't I don't know and so and I take a little bit more time to process my feelings and I think that that in itself was overwhelming because I was like if one other person asked me about Oliver in this like next 30 minutes I'm going to lose my shit because like a I am so much more of a person outside of whatever relationship I'm in, but be like, this is so new. I have to figure out how I even feel before I can talk to anybody else about it.
1: Well, it's different because normally you go on a date, you go back home to your apartment where you're by yourself and you text one or two of your friends. You don't walk into a share house with what seems like 50 other people this season questioning you about the date that you were on.
0: Yeah. And I think I was, I, I got overwhelmed entirely by that. I know, you know, our date was on a Wednesday, that bonfire was then that Friday, Everyone one Friday, when we first got to the house, wanted to know all about the date with Oliver. And I was like, because I'm still figuring out how I felt about it. Like, did I have a great time? Absolutely. But like, I'm not necessarily ready to talk about it. <laughs> and I had to and I think that that shows
1: essentially the opposite of what Lindsay's doing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah to see to see the contrast between the two of us is very interesting I, I mean obviously I lived it and I noticed it then but to watch it back is pretty funny
1: yeah I want to get into another one of our follower questions this might be some hot tea because you know we saw you on watch what happens live say that you didn't think Craig was boyfriend material can you elaborate on why you think that
0: sure I think that Paige is an absolute queen and I feel like Craig is a prince, but not yet a king. <laughs> like, does he have the potential? Absolutely. I think Craig is like the most endearing person you could ever meet. You instantly smile and laugh when he's around. Sometimes he goes off the like off the Richter a little bit, but you know, that's part of being Craig. So I just want to make sure, you know, as they get more serious, which it seems like they are, that he's like ready to own that king title because he has to match her where she is.
1: Did you hear from either of them after that Watch What Happens live episode?
0: Yeah. I heard from Paige. Yeah. I mean, I don't say anything to a camera that I don't say to my friends. I'm very, very upfront about my feelings on pretty much anything. I read one article that Paige interviewed and said, like, if you want the truth, ask Maya. So it's not, (laughs) it's, it's not, it's not a surprise.
1: Yeah. Well, that's good. At least that you're not catching anybody by surprise because we have seen that happen. And, you know, that's, that's when you start to ruin friendships.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I don't want to want that.
1: Do you think Carl is boyfriend material for Lindsay?
0: They seem very happy. I don't know the intricacies of their relationship. They basically started dating after filming Raps. So again, I don't know. I just don't know what they're like in their couple life. But Instagram and the internet seems to think that they're very happy.
1: (laughs) Yeah, according to Instagram, they are very happy. And we we love a happy couple. So good for Carl and Lindsay. Speaking of Lindsay, we're going to start to wrap up here by talking about the Lindsay and Sierra situation, you know, going into it, there's, there's essentially two sets of best friends. You know, you have Sierra and Paige, and then you have Lindsay and Danielle. I know that it appears, you know, that you're closer with Paige and Sierra, even from this interview, it appears that you're closer with them, which is fine. But how does it feel in that moment to watch, you know, the two sides of it go down and not saying that you're in the middle, but you do have to watch both of them and you're not really all that involved. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think from day 1 entering the house, it was clear that there was a divide. There were moments that I was reminded of that from some of the housemates like you got to kind of like pick a side and figure out which way you want to go, which is like first off, I just don't do well with authority, so like don't tell me what to do. I'll figure that out for myself. But I don't I, I don't blindly support my friends. I think if someone's wrong, they're wrong. I think that Sierra shouldn't have thrown the glass. I also think that Danielle didn't need to get involved in that conversation. And, but that's not to say that that deserves a wine throwing. Getting involved doesn't mean that you then get wine thrown in your face. No. But I think that there were many opportunities that were missed, especially watching it back for the conversation to happen. And I think that it's very clear that Sierra made the effort to try to have those conversations.
1: It kind of to me feels like people just didn't really ever address it. Like it just kind of got thrown to the side or swept under the rug. And maybe that's an editing thing where I feel like we saw maybe a a two minute conversation about it. But do you think that like in real time, there was more conversations about it? Cause to me, it looks like they had a fight, you know, they had a little bit of a, a communication and then you guys played a volleyball game for an hour, you know, like it was just bizarre to watch.
0: Okay. But I I do think that is like the nature of reality television, which you have to realize, like you get into fights and then you're pretty much pushed, for lack of a better word, to resolve it or like to create some sort of like next step. So I think that's why that happened. Like the show has to go on. I, I, in talking to Danielle, I learned much more that the conversations that I was having with like Sierra Page, Amanda at times were not being trickled down or translated to Danielle and Lindsay. So it seems I was told that there was like no awareness of just how deeply the connection was with Austin and Sierra. I felt like I had witnessed conversations before the wine toss that showed just how deep their connection was. But I don't, I think, I think people want to feel how they want to feel and they want to think what they want to think. How
1: do you feel about Austin?
0: I am not a huge fan of Austin. I actually will will say that I found him much more charming at Amanda and Kyle's wedding. And I thought that he had like a little bit of a redemption weekend, but still, and especially watching it back, like, how do you feel that I just made out with Lindsay on the map? Like, that's like, for what reason are we doing that? So it just seems messy and like not it's just not right. It's not okay. It's like, why would you put these two women against each other that have not had any conflict before this? And why would you manipulate the story so that they both are under different impressions? It's just not necessary. Yeah.
1: Well, how was the reunion? I mean, we know that it just filmed your first ever reality TV reunion.
0: I, the reunion, we filmed it two weeks ago, and I'm still trying to figure out like how to describe it. I don't, I don't have the words for it. It was like, it was a total mind fuck, honestly. I felt like, People were bringing up things that I was like, "Wait, did that actually happened?" And like, I'm still not sure what happened and what didn't happen based off of like the narratives that some people brought to to that stage. I think that there was the assumption that there would be a lot more of a resolve, and I don't think anything left really resolved.
1: Wow, that's kind of disappointing to hear.
0: It just like was so awkward. I don't even know. Like, it just wasn't good. The vibes were very, very off. Really, it, it's got to be a long day. I mean, everything I see is like what 10 hours? Yeah, we were there for like 12 hours, and like I get it. It's, it's, it, I mean, truthfully, especially like me not being, you know, we talked a lot about Winterhouse, we talked a lot about things that I didn't have the background for. There were some Hannah questions that came up, and I'm like, oh my God, this is like 12 hour day, like oh, they could have had called me in, like, at You know, hour six, and I would still have like whatever little bits to say that I said. So I think it was a long day and a total mind fuck. And honestly, I just kind of can't wait to watch it back. I want to see how that looks back.
1: Do Austin and Craig make an appearance or are they just talked about? No. I'm glad. I'm glad that they're not showing up because I feel like they take away from,
0: you know, you guys. Yeah. I think that what I'm learning now as I'm on the show is that they, you know, their inclusion in the show is kind of creating a different show, if you will. And some people I, I think that they're OG fans are like just bring it back to basics and then people that actually enjoy that crossover. But I think it was a summer house reunion and it was a good time for just the summer house cast to try to hash things out.
1: I agree. Well you know it's April, which means summer is right around the corner is another season for Maya Allen in the works.
0: I don't know. I don't know yet. I think that, oh, it's like, again, like, do I want to say no to this opportunity? No, probably not. That's not the smartest. I just want to make sure that I'm like mentally, you know, one thing I've learned about myself is that I have, well, it's shown that I cry basically every episode and I swear to God, I don't cry that much. I'm not that much of a Debbie Downer. So I feel like if anything, I'd want to go back and be like redemption. This is how this is how much fun I have. Like, this is how sarcastic I am. And like, this, these are the things that I really do not just like cry at the drop of a dime. So part of me wants to have that redemption. But um, I think, yeah, I think that if, if the whole house wants to get back together and figure out our shit, then I think it could be a fun summer.
1: Well, I would definitely still be watching. I hope that you do come back. Before we do wrap up, I want to know more about your business because I love a woman in charge. How did you start your business? How did you make it through a pandemic? Because I'm sure that had to be crazy.
0: I started during the pandemic. I'm not one that likes to like sit around. I get bored very easily and I have to kind of be doing something. I think that's like part of having anxiety. Like my hands have to always be doing something. So I started making a list of like, important birthdays or like anniversaries, holidays, things coming up and I was like I'll find ways to reach out to the people that I can't see with cookies. And so I started sending cookies, you know, just like hey, I know these are your favorite. Happy birthday, whatever the case may be. And then it came became something like can you send these to my friend for their birthday or like to my parents for their anniversary? And I was like, wait, I think that this has legs. Registered my business, did everything from the ground up, luckily had enough capital to get it going and that was just from Working and saving in the in the past, and it kind of just blew up. I mean, obviously, with the show, it's like truly, truly insane.
1: Yeah, I can imagine you're getting a lot of orders, getting a
0: lot of orders. I actually, stopped taking orders, and I always plan to do it more of a drop style business anyway. So I'll be doing cookie drops. Whereas, if you're on the list, the wait list, you'll get a notification. We're dropping cookies at this time. Get in line, get them, or you don't get them. And then there'll be another drop the next week, or maybe in two weeks. So I think that as the series is wrapping up We're we have like two or three more episodes. I'll be doing drops for those, for the finale, of course, and for the reunion.
1: Uh, do you ship to Ohio because I need list. to get on the drop yes. list? Okay, girl, I'm signing up. <laughs> I'm signing up. Okay, before we let you go, I want to do a little game with you. It's called The Hot Seat. I have five questions for you. Do not overthink these questions. These are the first answer that comes to mind, okay? Question number one, who has the most shocking moment at the Summer House reunion?
0: Honestly, I don't think that there was a moment. I don't think anyone had a moment moment. I think if anything, I would say that Danielle got a lot off her chest, which kind of was a moment, but I don't, I don't think anyone had a moment.
1: Okay. We'll take that answer. Which one of your housemate couples will split first? Kyle and Amanda, Lindsay and Carl, or Paige and Craig?
0: Nobody's splitting. Love forever.
1: <laughs> They're all going to get married. Well, one of them already is married. If, so if two more weddings. If that's what they want, then yes. <laughs> <laughs> which housemate would you trust to save your life? Probably
0: Carl. He is like a good head on his shoulders. He's strong. He's a big guy. Like, if he needs to lift me out of something, (laughs) I think it would be him. (laughs) Why was Alex cut out of so many episodes? I don't know. I I don't know. I want to say that because there was such a shit show at that party and so much going on, I know that like for hours I had one of our larger cameras on me. There are only so many, so I can see it's hard to track him in those moments, especially when like, you know, there's a Lindsay Austin situation, Sierra Austin situation. I'm meeting a boy for the first time on television, like all these things happening. And so I want to, I want to hope that it's that because he he's, I mean, he's got so much value and so much to him.
1: Poor Alex. He just got lost in the shuffle, I feel like. you know.
0: Yeah, I, I care very much for Alex. So it, it's, it was tough to see him cut. But then I think the way he's responding to it is just like very much in his character. And it's like very cool the way he's going about it.
1: Okay. And lastly, which housemate is the least hygienic?
0: See, like I didn't follow people's hygiene like that. I did spend a lot of time in Sierra and Paige's room that wasn't Or tidy, but it wasn't wasn't tidy. But they're not they they are hygienic people. So I think that that's very different. Like everyone that I know, brush their teeth in the morning and like showered. Like we we weren't we weren't a gross group of people. So I I can't say anyone really.
1: Okay, good. Well, Maya, thank you so much. I cannot wait to see how season six wraps up. Like I said, I hope we see you on a season seven. You were an absolute delight, a baby angel. Thank you for coming to Morgan's Pop Talks.
0: Thanks, Morgan.
1: All right, to wrap up this week's episode, we got to talk about the ultimatum. Of course, we started talking about it last week. I told you guys if I thought it was binge worthy or not, which at the time I said, yes. Let me just say I'm retracting that statement Don't waste your freaking time because it's a mess. Is it riveting television? Yes. But the reunion, the finale made me so angry with the show that I'm like, don't watch it because it's a lie. They're lying to you and I don't like liars. I changed my mind because the show sucks. I'm convinced after watching the finale and the reunion that nobody even really took it seriously. They just wanted to be on reality TV. Let's start with Colby and Madeline. Do you remember what my word was to describe Colby and Madeline? Brutal. I said they hated each other. I said, Madeline hated Colby so bad that she had to be drunk throughout the entirety of the experiment because she did not want to deal with this man. Then we get to the finale. Colby proposes. She says yes. And they get married on the spot spot? On the spot. Right then and there. In her maxi blue flower dress and his stupid cowboy hat, they get married on the spot. Then we get to the reunion. Oh, it doesn't end there. She's pregnant with his baby. And they hated each other the whole entire time on the show. Randall and Schneek get engaged. Like, why? 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 At the reunion, they tell us they broke up and then got back together but aren't engaged. Ray and Zay, they broke up before the end, then Jake dumped April. She took it pretty well, I thought. No, she was like, "Okay. That's fine. I'm going to move on with my life." And then Jake's like, "Me and Ray, we're not running off together." Then he goes up to Ray and's like, "Hey, I got two plane tickets, you know, like the golden tickets like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Like, where do you want to go? Where do you want to go?" Sir, Jake, what would you call that? It's called running away together. In case you didn't know, Alexis and Hunter still engaged, still getting married, and same with Lauren and Nathan. They admitted they went to therapy. They agreed on having one kid. At least these two are like trying to work things out and they're being realistic about it. I feel like every single last one of them strictly wanted to be on TV. I feel like Colby and Madeline went into this and were like, let's just go absolutely berserk. Let's get the most famous out of everyone there. Let's just do the most outlandish things. And then at the end, we'll really throw them a curveball. We'll get engaged. We'll get married. We'll pop out a kid because this makes no sense to me. Same with the two couples who got engaged, Alexis and Hunter and Lauren and Nathan. Although I will say out of everybody, I respect them the most because at least they didn't play the game like the whole time. You know, they faked an injury in the second quarter and then like they just got out of there. But they're still together. And like I said, Lauren and Nathan, they're actually working on their issues. They're actually wanting to get married. Alexis and Hunter, I believe her when she says she was not thinking she's going to get proposed to in that moment because she said she was wearing her hair up in a scrunchie. Girl, I get it. I looked like I had just been buried six feet under for like 20 minutes and they decided to pull me up to make sure that I was still alive. And I was, I feel like that's how I looked when I got engaged. So I get it. All right, you guys, thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode of Morgan's Pop Talks. Don't forget to head over to thedip.com and check out our community group. We talk about everything that we discussed on the pod. If there's anything that you want me to go more into detail about, that would be the place to do it. You just go to thedip.com and you search Morgan's Pop Talks and it'll show up all glorious for you. I'm going to shoot you straight we did not hit the review goal last week, which makes me feel kind of bad because it it wasn't like a big goal. I think I needed like 12 reviews and I didn't get it, but that's okay. If at first you don't succeed, try again. So if you have not reviewed the podcast yet, please do so. It takes five seconds. All you got to do is hit the little boop, boop, five-star rating and you'll be on your way to a fantastic little day, you'll feel better about giving back to the community, my community. Like I said, wish me luck in Phoenix. Pray that I don't melt in the sun and pray that I make it through that hike because it kind of sounds like hell on earth, but the things to do for your best friend when you're at a bachelorette party. All right, bye.